Welcome back to the Whatnots Review Show, number 267. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how are you? I'm doing good. How has your weekend been? My weekend has been pretty good. Lots of relaxing uh, because I was out of town most of this week here. I got to travel back to Richmond, Virginia, which is where I moved from. Um, so it was neat to go back. And the neat part was I got to stay at the house that I moved out of. Like my old roommates run an Airbnb out of there. So I was oh. just like, fuck, let me do all of that stuff, um, which is good. I, the, I, the whole work trip was paid for. So it's not like I had to pay to be in the, the house that I moved out of. It was like VCU's <laughs> pay, paying for it. They got the whole thing covered, so it was good. I got to see my old roommates, got to eat some good Aww. food. The actual work Yum. thing was short and boring, and I got to go to my old comic book store. It was, oh, yeah, it, 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 it was good. So. Special. Yeah. That sounds so strange to sleep in your old house, but yeah, as an Airbnb guest in an yeah. Airbnb-styled room. Yeah, and not even in the same room that I was in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah, we had an, an interesting good time. But what about you? How's your weekend been? It, fe- it It's only been a week, but it feels like it's right. been longer than that because I've done all of this traveling. So how are you, Melissa? I'm fine. I'm going to the live theater. I'm going to the movie theater. I saw Blue Beetle yesterday. I did, too. Nice. Yeah, it was a fun time. It was indeed. Indeed. Good stuff. Uh, Well, let's see. I I, so because I got to do all of this traveling uh, this week on the show, we are going to be talking about an audio fiction podcast. And if you didn't know right here on the review show each and every week, we have a different story to talk about. Could be a movie, a TV show, anime, manga, comics, audio drama, all sorts of stuff. Uh, We read it. We watch it. We listen to it. Mm -hmm. And then we come back here and talk about it. Uh, So, yeah, this week on the show, an audio fiction podcast called Mockery Manor is what we are talking about. Uh, We listen to season one, which is the first 11 episodes of the show. Uh, this is a show produced by Long Cat Media. Uh, and then I have the their website pulled up uh, to mention cool. it was written and directed by Lindsay Sharman with music, sound design and e- e- editing by Lawrence. Owen. Cannot speak this morning. But yeah. This was an interesting one. So I wanted to pitch audio fiction podcasts uh, because I was traveling uh, and I Mm -hmm. figured wouldn't have time to like watch a TV show or read a bunch of comics uh, because I wasn't exactly sure what my schedule would be like. But I'd be sitting on the airplane and I could listen (laughs) to to a podcast. uh, Mm -hmm. So that is what we did and I wanted to pitch three audio fiction podcasts from like pl- places that I hadn't heard of that didn't have actors that I was familiar with or didn't have some big Hollywood actor on it. 
some not necessarily smaller productions because uh, the one we're about to talk about today has a very good production yeah. um but just ones we hadn't he- heard of we weren't familiar with here uh, and you went with Mockery Manor. That was the one that you picked out. Yes. Uh, what what drew you to Mockery Manor? Theme parks. I'm a big theme park nerd. Exactly. <laughs> Those are two exactly. of the magic words you can say to get me to pick something you have pitched. Theme park. And then I added in haunted. And <laughs> <laughs> Even better. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Um yeah, this is one I, I, yeah, like I said, had not heard of, uh, but was completely surprised by the amount of production uh, that went in, into this. Uh, and then especially at the end of season one here when they're when they're just being like, yeah, we have a couple other shows, but we're just a small time. Like there's like <sighs> a, a handful of us making all of this. It just like re- reiterated that like, man. These guys did so much incredible yes. work on on this show. Um, so I was very impressed. Um, yeah, to, to it sounds real slick. It does have a small cast, but they do a great job of differentiating all the characters that this small group of actors are playing. Our lead characters are twin sisters you know, with the same performer playing both of them. And they do genuinely sound so different from each other. That's incredible work yeah absolutely absolutely um i do have to say overall i walked away from my experience being like maybe this wasn't for me i, I don't mm. think i connected to the 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 show i think in the way that it was intended uh but i think i'm an outlier in that situation mm. um I, I i i had a hard time actually following the plot <laughs> yeah. and what was happening um but I, I like I said, walked away very impressed with the like sound design, the production. Um, there were some things with the acting that I really, really loved. Some things that I did not. Uh, some something like it. It felt like that for me. Is that like certain things? I like whether it was the acting or the sound design or whatever else, like it felt like there were certain things I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. Like, I love this. And then there were certain things I was like, this is kind of taking me out of the scenario mm-hmm. or the, the, the situation. Um, but that's I feel like kind of the give and take with audio drama uh, stuff, because mm-hmm. even some of the bigger productions uh, that we've listened to it was like i i know something is happening there's sound effects happening <laughs> yes. i just don't <laughs> know what this mishmash of sounds is supposed to represent um yeah i i've been in that boat too where i really appreciate the amount of work that goes into sound design and sometimes it's really helpful in setting a scene like in this show in particular having all of the ambient amusement park noise that's great there's so many fun audio jokes in there but when it gets yeah when it gets to an action scene trying to determine what every like scuffle and bang and crash is is often more mental work than i am able to put into this while i am listening to these podcasts at my day job when i already have a task i'm doing right yeah and i like i i i think this one in particular was generally pretty good at it, though. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it for me it was it was kind of the the, the plot that i i struggled with this is a murder mystery uh the show immediately starts out with a mm. murder that takes place you don't really know who it is or who you know you don't know who d- 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 done it uh, but as the show continues, there are a couple more murders that happen. Um, I, I guess I might not be the best one to do a plot break down as I was been like, it was a little hard for me to follow the plot. <laughs> uh, uh, the basic, the introduction of the plot is that it's Britain. It's a small British theme park in 1989. And mm-hmm. this teenage girl named JJ is going there to work like a a summer job. Her twin sister, Betty, who she has kind of a conflicted relationship with. Betty's already been there for a couple weeks, is settled in, has gotten to know people. So JJ arrives feeling like an outsider. Uh, She's got this conflict with her sister. She's trying to settle in among all of these other young people, like late teens, kind of college age kids working at this theme park. And it seems like there's something weird going on at the theme park in mm-hmm. what appears to be the audio of a ride. She thinks she hears the voice of her aunt and then she can't find her aunt. She's like, is my aunt missing? Did my aunt come here? Did my aunt meet her downfall here? What's going on with this park? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, things things spiral as more murders take place, more shenanigans on all the rides, uh, a strange mascot running around the theme park that seems to be spying on all of them (laughs) and yeah there is there is actual mockery manor in the center of Mm. this theme park and it's this kind of giant i i imagined it as like a dilapidated mansion that was barely kept up but it it's still in use so i don't know how true that Mm. is um you can't hear dilapidation very well in audio fiction right uh, though we did commend, uh, wasn't Misha, wasn't Misha Stanton, right? Whoever, whoever did the, uh, the, the audio production on the Marvels and we like, we were sitting oh, there like, yeah. how do you make the invisible woman sound invisible? Yes. <laughs> Incredible. Um, but, but yeah, I just, in my own head, that's what I pictured it as, mm. like an old, like that that mansion you see at the start of the old Scooby-Doo cartoon, like <laughs> that is what I, I thought of. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, one for sure. There are multiple seasons to this show, mm. uh, so I, I, I don't know if that means they come back, uh, you know, the next summer and more things happen or if it's a few years down the road. Um, I do want to give a shout out to the like podcast descriptions as you're like looking ah, through the, the yes. feed. I found those incredibly helpful. Um, yes, they include a recap of the previous episode, which I, I never see in episode descriptions. It is very helpful to remind you where you just were. Yeah, And were very detailed without. Yeah necessarily being i mean they're spoilery as it's like here's what happened last time but also not Mm. so spoilery that you're like i don't know now i don't really need to listen to that one i can just read the description from the the last Mm. one and solve the mystery right uh no they don't reveal who the murderer is they don't do all of that stuff but it it is enough to kind of clue you in on what's been happening uh and as i struggled with the plot 
those were very, very helpful to like clear things up um, and be like, OK, so this is kind of what was happening in in each one there. So I have, I I typically don't pay attention to the like episode descriptions in in stuff. And I I'd even listen to podcasts that do fun, like written fiction in mm-hmm. some of the, those in those descriptions. Um, and I just gen- generally ignore it. <laughs> so uh, these worked out very, very well. Um, was there any other kind of thing that you wanted to mention, like spoiler free uh, about Mockery Manor here? Huh? No, I, I had a good time with it as a theme park yeah. nerd. I liked the occasional mention to a a fast pass or something like that. Yeah, it it really, think, really does do a good job of like Im- immersing you in the theme park in the sense that like, yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, like there's all sorts of different background no- noises to let you know, like, oh, you're in the jungle themes action or you're in the, you know, this action or that they have all of that. They have the announcements going on. If you forgot your child at the blah, 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 right? Like, yeah, they have all that stuff. But then as an employee like they get to go back behind the scenes they get to go on some of these rides when no one else is on it or they break back into the park at night um and and start exploring and and stuff like that uh so yeah they 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 do a fantastic job with that i had Mm -hmm. fun i had fun Mm -hmm. indeed okay uh, well, with that, we will take a quick break for some housekeeping. And when we get back, we will dive a little bit more in depth to Mockery Manor. Uh, so we will be right back. Here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows and a lot of hard work goes into making them. So we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, patreon.com slash The Whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes and at our $3 tier, a Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can even get a shout-out and thank you on most of our shows at the $5 tier. And if you're one of our patrons already, thank you so much. It means the world to us. You can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, head over to thewhatnots.com store to pick up some merch today. All right, we are back. Once again, a big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank Love you. you a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It means a ton. Uh, let's see. Cool things that we have been up to. So our our pilots club, our, our Patreon exclusive podcast uh, at the three dollar tier and above this month, uh, we covered the pilot of Veronica Mars. Um, and I, I, I had a blast with this. It definitely transported me to like late 90s, early 2000s when this or I yes. guess early 2000s because one of the things we mentioned yeah was the same year that lost came out um we're big lost fans uh but veronica mars was very very cool 
Uh, I've seen another one of these shows uh, that uh, the creator had made. So I I was just like, oh, I see the connections here. Mm -hmm. Like I see the same pedigree. Uh, So that was a lot of fun. Right here on the review show this past week, uh, we got to do the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comics, volumes one through three. Uh, that was a blast. I I had to get some old childhood stuff. I was like, why yeah. not do some some Power Rangers comics? I even bought a Power Rangers helmet that that it's now back there. I have all my Power Rangers action figures. I had a Power Rangers shirt. Melissa was <laughs> in her like Power Rangers yellow g- g- garb. Yes, um, it it was a blast. We had a yeah. Lot we took of fun which Power Ranger are you personality quizzes. And that determined what color we had to dress in for, yep. <laughs> for that episode recording. <laughs> it, it was good fun. Uh, let's see. Over on the captain's log, Melissa introduced me to what she has has called the Brave Boy Challenge. Uh, mm. And she 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 challenged me to t- take it. I did. And I completed it. Good. <laughs> so we will talk about that. Uh, on the captain's log next time for sure uh but we also got to, to catch up on some shows we've been watching some comics we've been reading uh patreon in announcing spotify exclusive shows all that kinds of good things uh e- even a trailer for the continental uh which mm-hmm. we then bur- broke out and you can go see as a reaction on our youtube uh channel uh, under the reactor core feed also on the reactor core feed one more shout out to the venture bros a movie we did a full spoiler <sighs> ca- ca- cast uh, mm. on that and we had a blast i think we had a great d- 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 discussion uh on 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 that for sure so go check out all the cool things that we're up to here on mm. on the on the whatnots uh all sorts of good things i Yes, we'll mention it again at the end, but next week here on the review show is our end of the month special. We are checking out the first three volumes of Hellboy, and then we'll be continuing to read Hellboy at the end of each month through the remainder of the year, except for December, because we always take the end off. Mm. Um, But yeah, good stuff coming up down the road as well. So, without further ado, let's get into some spoilers on Mockery Manor. Okay, Melissa, where do you want to start with with this? You are our theme park enthusiast. I- <laughs> what uh, what what stood out to you about this show? Where do you want to begin? To talk about the theme park, I really liked the world building of how it is a park and what the different areas of I kind of appreciated that it's set in 1989. This park has been running for decades and there are parts of it that are not just like operationally worn down, but like, yeah, our sort of jungle cruise type ride isn't real culturally sensitive anymore. We don't know what to do with that. Like I liked seeing different representations of the passage of time and how it had happened to this park. I like the lore that the staff had with each other, like what jobs you want to get. And, oh, you mm-hmm. don't want to have to clean up the debutante's waltz. That's the ride all the kids puke on. <laughs> yeah. Different costumes you want to wear, snacks you want to sell. I like that a lot. I like the episode where it's raining. And mm-hmm. so you keep getting those announcements over the intercom that are trying to sell 
all the patrons umbrellas or sorry, it's raining. We're going to give you a rain pass. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have a free coupon to make up for this bad day. You have a free coupon that you can get a small kid size slushy in the flavor blue. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They because they. They they do some comedy with that, too, as they're like, all our rides are shut down. All our attractions are shut down. Basically, the whole <laughs> park is shut down, mm. except for the restaurants. Why not try <laughs> one of our restaurants? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go inside. Do something not outside. Mm. Um, yeah, they have they have fun with that. I don't think I I had one in particular that that stood out to me, but that stuff is always happening in the background. Mm. And it just it like that to me is like peak sound design. I like. Yes. There. It makes me feel comfortable because it makes me feel like I'm at the park. It just sounds like it's supposed to be there. And so I kind of just tune it out because that's what I do in real life. (laughs) I just I I don't care what they're announcing or all of that stuff, which is maybe not a good thing, but (laughs) right. <laughs> it's not safe and then this thing don't go there hey how about we right. go over here right <laughs> <laughs> but like I, yeah like it felt natural it felt like it was supposed to be there and it just mm. it made this sound so good um but yeah that's that's why i ended up kind of tuning it out and at least in in terms of specifics of like mm-hmm. oh they did this j- joke he, he, here or they do something else there i'm just like it feels normal feels natural right, right? <laughs> so good, yeah good i job guess that. that's one of the strengths of it i think this show was at least for me more successful when it leaned into the comedy than when it leaned into the drama Uh, I think the plot got kind of convoluted at the end, especially with everybody being related to everybody else. There are no external participants in the entire series. Davina, I guess. There's so few characters who are not related to any other characters by blood. Right. And then that becomes a lot to follow. That is also potentially part of the joke though because towards the end there is a scene where i forget his name it's the irish guy who ends up being maddie he's chasing down one of the twins i don't remember which one but then her defense is is like well wait i'm a girl you're a boy yeah you you want to kiss right i mean (laughs) cousins but like we're only cousins right like do yeah. you want and he's just like well i've well i have thought about it right um and, and it's just like oh no what is happening like that that's <laughs> and like I, I at first when that happened i rolled my 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 my, my, my eyes but they keep going with that to the point mm. where it's like i think this is part of the joke like this like they <laughs> yeah. know how ridiculous this is or, and or- th- it, yeah or part of the trope of sort of going for the spooky gothic manner. You know, you get into those sure. old gothic literature stories of haunted mansions and sure. somebody's always cousins with somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I also had a little trouble untangling exactly what everybody's motivations were there at the end. But it seems like some of it is 
ostensibly to gain control of the park. And I didn't feel like I had a firm grasp on is the park doing very well? Like, it doesn't seem like it's really down on its luck or very successful. It seems sort of right down the middle. I'm like, even what is it about this park that is like, what do you get like financially or power in the local community wise if you are in control of the park? Yeah. Or even if it's like a third option, since they are all kind of related Mm. of like, oh, you're technically the rightful heir. But the way Mm -hmm. history worked out, like this other side of the family got it. And now they're somewhat rich or powerful or influential. And you feel like you should have been, you know, in in that position. Um, And it it could be a little bit of all of that. That I mean, like we said, there are multiple seasons. So some of that might become clear down the road. Um, But yeah, I, 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 I like. I always think back to that show Alias. With Jennifer <laughs> Gardner. Yes. And the reason, like, that was the first show that my family kind of watched together and was like, this is appointment viewing. We need to watch this every single week. We fell off of that show hard because <laughs> of just how convoluted the plot mm-hmm. got and how accidentally related everyone was to one another <laughs> and how everyone would die and then come back and then but uh but it's also your mom and then she's dead but then she's not your mom and then she's now alive and now she's your mom again who knew oh no what's happening and we were just like this is kind of ridiculous i don't understand what's happening here um and so we stopped watching it so it kind of reminded me of of that um but but yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, they still had fun with this. And I think you started to touch on something that I started to feel with the like there were certain things I really liked and certain things that started to take me out of the fiction. Um, and with it, it, it kind of didn't matter what it is. I kind of had a moment like that with a little bit of everything from the show. Mm. Um, I thought some of the the acting was fantastic. And then there were some that I, I thought the characters were more of a caricature of. That. Yeah, but I like that's the thing is I also don't necessarily mind it. I, I don't think mm. it was bad that they were more of a caricature. It, it was almost this like I kind of wish they had just picked one. Like, I, I think mm. the, the, the show would be incredibly fun if the characters were all kind of a little bit more wacky than they were supposed to be. All this little more larger than life trope fulfilled kind of character um, or or just had like their, their accent seemed a little more over the top or stuff like that. I think mm. that'd be a lot of, of fun. Mm. But then you match that with certain characters that i felt like we're taking it a little more seriously it was a more natural accent and again i don't know these characters so i don't know how many of them were putting on an accent if they mm-hmm. were at all i don't know I, um so it's, it's i will say that for a show set in britain that's about sort of the larger 
British Isles, you know, like bringing in Ireland and Scotland and all that. There's quite a variety of accents. You hear yes, so many absolutely. different specific regional accents from that area. I did like that. And I will be the first to tell you that I'm one of them dumb Americans. So I, I don't know what all the accents are, right? Uh, Me either. <laughs> but at, like that is the the thing because I can't really tell. I'm not necessarily in tune to mm. all of that stuff. Some of them just kind of feel like a caricature because I don't necessarily mm. know any better. Um, but I yeah, like I I on one hand would have liked a more serious mystery and uh, like have it be an actual drama and like do all, all of that, but also. It's called mockery manner, like, mm-hmm. like they're 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 mocking things, I, right? It, like it's kind of in I, the name here. Um, I did like learning that that comes from the Scottish surname mockery, like Colin mockery from whose line is it anyway? And it yeah. just got sort of changed and played with to become the name of the theme park at large. Yeah, yeah, I I like i i liked both sides of it but because i felt that it did have both of those extremes i was kind of like who's which one do i pick here which one do i I like this one so that Mm. takes me out of it but i also like this stuff when they're like leaning in on to how ridiculous some of this park is that it makes Mm -hmm. the drama filled moments also kind of take me out of it um but i i i think even some of the sound design does that that same stuff not just the acting um the show has a cold uh, open at the start of Mm. season one of this mysterious woman at at night i imagine (laughs) sounds like night (laughs) sounds sounds dark um (laughs) and very obviously being chased there's something out there in the shadows Mm. and she dies and dies in a it sounds gruesome and horrifying yeah they get that like bone neck snapping sound and then like the drip of like blood in there and it's Mm. just like oh whatever happened Mm -hmm. to her was horrifying um yeah but it is it was also one of those things of, yeah, I don't know exactly what happened. Did she get run over by something? Is it a giant monster that like snapped mm. her in half? Like what yeah. is going on? Um, And I don't feel like that was ever really resolved. Like, I don't know what happened to her. I also don't specifically know what, what killed Janet. That's true. They 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 do mention like after the whole most of season one is done, they do mention there is a scene about them talking like, hey, we'll go retrieve the body and give her a proper burial. So the body is out there hidden somewhere. I um, but like there there were times like that that i just i didn't understand what was happening or who Mm. it was or kind of why i should care about the characters (laughs) because they hadn't introduced me to the Mm. characters yet um and then it immediately switches over to like orientation for like oh you're three days late to your first day on the job wonderful Mm. uh who are you right and that 
almost felt like a better introduction to the the, the show. They have the like orientation t- t- type of like, welcome to Mockery Manor. It's yeah. been here since 18 something something, right? Like that, that almost felt like a better introduction to the show because it gave me a sense of space. It gave me a sense of kind of what the park sounds like. And so in my imagination, that almost translates to what it looks like and who the characters are and then once i know the space that i'm working with then like oh having the scene happen at night and like oh i Mm. can hear the sound effects of this one certain part of the park i know it's taking place over here like i felt like that potentially would have been a better opening but also they want a cold open, right? They they want this yeah. like in media res, the murder is happening right now, which also completely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's just kind of one of the difficulties with an audio fiction podcast. Yeah. How, how do we translate a scene that has no talking or no narration <laughs> uh, and mm. have, have it be this action scene and not have it just sound like this garbled mix of sound effects <laughs> and one of the things about audio fiction is that frequently you are listening to it while you are doing something else uh maybe you're somebody who's listening to it like on a, a commute like on a bus or a train where you don't immediately have another task you're doing but if you're listening to it while you're driving or while you're mm-hmm. doing something menial at your day job or doing chores or something you're not 100 percent engaged with it Whenever I don't understand something in an audio drama, I'm like, if I was in a hyperbaric, like sensory deprivation chamber where this was the only stimuli I had, I'm sure I'd follow it much better. But just laid down in a dark room with my eyes closed. I'd probably understand this a lot more than I do now uh, filling out a spreadsheet at work. But this is when I have the opportunity to listen to it. Yeah, I, I I think that's true. I think also, I mean, like the the show does continue to give more context to that scene mm, as yes. season one continues. And you learn who that woman is, you learn who the, who the murderer is, all of that stuff. Um, but it, yeah, it, it, it just. I didn't know what to think or feel at the start of that, especially when you have this gruesome, gruesome death and then immediately welcome to Mockery Manor. Right. And it's Mm. this like jolly, delightful orientation video and these teenagers just being like, oh, this video is a load of bullshit. Right. Like, I don't want to be here. It's like, I want to go make out with JJ in the the back here. Right. Um, Mm it just it it felt like whiplash which i don't necessarily mind but yeah yeah i i think this thing plays like a a very dark well i don't know if it's enough to say it's a dark comedy because there are stretches where there are no jokes no levity it gets in these very very grim details of the past but there are a lot of tones at play here so at least there's variety now I I feel guilty saying this because I probably shouldn't. One of my favorite things in the show was actually not the show. One of the advertisements yes! they have. I also love the, that advertisement. 
God, I, 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 I loved it. I, I forget exactly. It was, it was a box of like cocktail recipes and yes, materials, yes, they, and it seems to be also, for, for, from two characters on another one of their shows. Yes, doing that ad, delightful, absolutely fantastic. I loved the characters, the energy they brought in, and. I, like I, that's the, I feel bad saying that. That like one of my favorite things was not the show; it was the advertisement for something well, else. Um, well, the advertisement is it's for I think it's called like Madame Magenta's something something, and it's this woman and I think her husband, and she seems like maybe she's a a, a psychic or a medium or some sort of master of the beyond or something like that. Right, like you yeah. don't get a lot of context. For like this this little like two minute commercial but those two performers like have great chemistry with each other the oh, yeah. dialogue's really snappy and there's no like sound effects or plot you have to untangle like it's just we're here to tell you about a like m- mixers in a box subscription service you can get and mix with your alcohol at home. Yeah. That was a lot of fun to know that not only am I having a good time with this main show, this commercial comes along and I am intrigued enough to say, I do want to check out whatever that show was. That's an yeah, extremely absolutely. successful commercial on that front. Yeah. And I like, I've heard other commercials like that where the hosts mm. of the show even if it's not an audio fiction podcast like try to do some <laughs> kind of cheeky like let's make it our advertisement funny right and it's just it, it's not as good it's not as funny as they think it is mm-hmm. or as in daring as they think it is and this one just knocked it out the park very like, fun I, yeah, it was so good. But uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I, do, I do like an ad read. Kind of like <laughs> that was one of my favorite things of the show. I, I, I think it seemingly this network at large has sure, a yeah. lot going for it. Whenever they'd mention another show that they are producing, I'm like, that is intriguing. I'll have to check out the the Galaxy Burger, whatever the burger one was. They have one that I think is like more like pirate. Like they have, they have a good variety yeah. of stuff that was just like, wow, OK, huh? Long cat media. Nice to know uh, about. Yes. Yeah. Let's keep an eye on on what they're up to up to up to. Um, But yeah, uh, let's see. What else can we talk about on this show? So um, did uh, I I I also liked the that like you kind of touched on it, too, that this park feels like it has history. Um, mm. and something that was kind of surprising for me too, is they, they talk about like con- construction at the park, mm. they're building new rides, like all of the, that stuff. Um, and I don't know why that felt like a flashback to like the early 1900s to me. I don't know why, but then they talk about some of it and they were like, oh yeah, that was like five years ago. I was just mm. like, oh, huh. Um, but I, I, I liked that the park felt like it had history, uh, that Mm. at any point we could flash back, like season two could potentially take place 30 years prior. Uh, yeah. Right. Like I, I thought that stuff was neat. Um, and it made, it made the park feel lived in. It made the park also in like feel like you also kind of touch, 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 
touched on, it's doing well enough that they can build new sections mm-hmm. or get rid of older ones that maybe aren't as good or as money making. Uh, but yeah, I would also be interested to see what the park does down the road. Like, what does this p- park look like in 30 years time? Right. Uh, can they mm. do a, a futuristic uh, park? What does that look like? Um, yeah, I, I would love to see all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there is a sense of history, but also sometimes they would mention something that feels like it should have been decades ago. And then they say it was actually like five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard to get an exact with timeline the, like, with everything that's happening. Familial stuff like your aunt and mm. your uncle and his great grandma and this and was like, wait, that was five years ago. OK, right. sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, you imagine uh, the Margot mockery as being this very old woman. But I think the timeline works out to where she's like fi- in her 50s. <laughs> Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I want to mention that a, the show is set in 1989, which I think is an interesting choice. And having all of these youths who are or they're working for the summer or school break or whatever the timeline is that are living in like these bunks and like cabins there on the premises does give it this real summer camp vibe it made me think of yeah. things like wet hot american summer and like oh yeah it's a classic horror movie trope with stuff like friday the 13th that's a nice vibe here i think that's a good addition and there's a character who is bisexual and tries to explain that to somebody else and uses freddie mercury as a reference point i'm like oh oh you're like freddie mercury (laughs) i'm like freddie mercury's still alive when they're doing this it was like a a secret little a fun little thing for me to realize wow bless these sweet characters they live in a time where freddie mercury's still alive how nice for you yeah yeah um funny enough my partner and i have been in the middle of what we call hot cartoon summer uh, and we've been yeah. watching a bunch of different cartoons. Um, and we started one yesterday, uh, Dead End Paranormal yes. Park, which absolutely yes, I was going to recommend that one recommendation. Um, I'm only five episodes in, but I've seen bits and pieces of all of season one as my partner mm. was watching that previously. Um, but she has not seen season two. And so she was like, can we w- w- watch that? And so I was like, yeah, sure. Um but we started that and that also kind of has a similar opening uh, to the cartoon. There is a woman who is running through this park, dark, scary stuff happening. Something is there in the sh- shadows. She screams cold open, right? Paranormal mm. park. Um, but there there seems to be a lot of similar themes in that of characters exploring their identity, either that be their, their sexual identity or mm. their, their, their gender identity mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. Um, I, I like when shows that are, are set in a time period, like the late eighties, early nineties deal with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, I just, I like those stories because I think it helps to reinforce that some of these, these concepts, these, these things, they're not new. Pe- like, yeah. Pe- people have been bisexual, have been tr- tr- trans mm-hmm. for a long time. They've been gay. They've been le- 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 like, 
mm. people like that exist they they have uh and it's it's just nice to to, to see like yeah. even their like the the real trepidation of like well why didn't you tell me and it was just like i considering how other people react like i don't know if i could like i, mm-hmm. I like you seem fine but i've also come out to other people that seemed fine with it and it blew up right mm-hmm. um and so it's it's both like it's bittersweet right of, of just like yeah good like i i think this helps to reinforce that these people exist and they always have but also and it sucks that like they like this is what was happening they didn't feel like they could come out or, or trust people that like were even close f- f- mm. f- friends uh with this p- part of their identity um so i i i, I appreciated that that was also in in there and yeah. that seems to be a theme of the characters um that mm. they, they were kind of exploring all of that stuff especially with them yeah teenagers right <laughs> yeah yeah i i think that added a nice element to betty's character for her to be bisexual and kind of keeping that a secret and the, that adds some of the the friction between her and jj and then the the girl she's making out with sonia who's like jj's mean roommate it's another interesting dimension to the typical mean girl character i like that they start her in this very sort of stereotypical place and they add a little bit of dimension to her as the show goes on like she has that terrible accident where she's like in a big costume as a per- part of a parade float and then she falls off of the parade float and is like in the infirmary you learn that she's got the special charm bracelet which at first it just seems like this sort of frivolous accessory that gets stolen and she demands she has it back and you learn what each individual charm on the bracelet means to her every charm Mm -hmm. means for a first of something and one of them just like some old bottle cap or something no it's the dog tag the dog tag is on the bracelet and it's something like betty found and gave it to sonia for well this is your marker of the first time you kissed a girl and and now we we meet in the tunnels under the park and we make out sometimes yeah um yeah like i i like all of that stuff where as i i I have to be honest the whole plot about her losing the bracelet and blaming jj (laughs) for stealing it i don't remember that at all that was where the like descriptions of the episodes (laughs) came in i'm just like there was a plot about that oh sure okay okay but then i do remember like the the more emotional moment of like what do each of these mm. charms mean yeah and like that felt really really special and it felt it it really did give weight to these characters um that it, it, yeah it was just like i like this scene i want more of this stuff um and i like again i don't know what they do in future seasons of this show or what they're planning on um but I, 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 I hope the show continues to then flesh out some of these characters who survived because mm, yeah. um, I think that adds more stakes to the mystery of I don't want Sonia to now die or yeah. I don't want her to get caught up in who knows uh what here or i don't want them going out with this other person because no Mm. they're supposed to be with them and you know all of that stuff um yeah and with the the whole thing with uh the two main characters being twins that always adds some like 
friction when someone is mm. dating one of them and now yeah. the other twin is here but not the one that they're dating it's just like this is yeah. awkward i don't know what to do with this yeah um, yeah like when uh jj and parker are, are getting together he's moaning her name and he also moans betty's name because he was going yep. out with her before yeah yeah um yeah <laughs> it's I, that's so a, funny to me situation <laughs> It's so funny to me when like they are trying to trick Maddie or trying to get one up Maddie in that like final episode into getting the upper hand on him, taking him down so they can escape. They try and make the argument that because they are twins, they are exactly the same. And if they have different personalities, it's just them pretending. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, no, if you like me, you're going to love Betty. She's going to drop the whole act of having a separate personality from me. Yeah. It's <laughs> we're actually the same person literally exactly the same person that did you have any idea maddie was behind all these deaths were you able to see that coming not at all i I wasn't either of course i wasn't actively trying to figure out who was the person behind all of this but when the show starts you're first introduced to parker as seemingly the love interest character i'm like oh parker's cute and then the more time you spend with Maddie, you get like a little bit of Maddie. Yeah, I can imagine a cute boy. I really took a liking to Maddie. I liked his more casual sort of dorky energy. I like when he's like kind of jokingly trying to flirt with JJ and he mentions, oh, I know how to treat a lady. I had five sisters. So I know that I'm supposed to like wrestle you to the ground and then fart in your face. <laughs> sort of purposefully he says like exactly the wrong thing like the thing you do to your sister that you do not do to a girlfriend amidst other things also an interesting uh the premonition of him saying yeah I'd, I'd kiss my cousin sure, sure yeah. i was kind of i i think it was an effective twist uh but i was disappointed that the of the guys that of the various possible love interest options, the one I liked more was the one who was the killer. Like what a loss. Yeah. I like, that was the thing I, as, as I got and like the the stuff that I had trouble with the plot is there were certain things that, yeah, I just didn't know how it factored in. So I think my brain kind of just kind of glossed over it. Like, but like I said, the whole thing with this, this like, yeah, bracelet being missing and stolen and they're like i i don't remember that literally at all and and so i i'm i feel like there probably were clues in there but that's why i'm like i feel like i'm an outlier here that overall Mm. i like it's a fun show but i just I couldn't really connect with the plot. I, I, I didn't really know who was who or like all of a sudden this, uh, the, the like uh, Irish dude's name is Maddie. When have they mentioned his name? I don't remember that <laughs> at all. Like I, I, I um, so yeah, yeah, I, I didn't see any of that coming. It didn't feel like a twist. It just felt like, wait, what? He is a murderer. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's why I, 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 I just don't I don't feel like I'm mm. the like good example of what most people will get out of mm. this show here. So uh, when Norton, who's like the manager of all these workers, first tries to kill. Who the hell is Norton? He's the, gu- did, he's the guy he, giving the orientation uh, in, in the beginning of the first episode. 
Is that the pervy dude? Yes. Pervy Norton? Okay. Yeah, yeah, they call him Pervy Norton or whatever. When he kills Betty, or attempts to to kill Betty, I'm like, does this have anything to do with all of the the murders and stuff going on at the park? Because if not, what a wild coincidence that you have whatever that plot and conspiracy is and then also this guy who's a real murderous creep. So I was happy that they brought that back around full circle. And even though it was that is an interesting thing, yeah. <laughs> kind of preposterous, like everybody is related to everybody else, that it was just one more thing that's part of the the, the web of lies there at the finale. I did like yeah. that that wasn't an unrelated killing, that it does circle back because that stretched me a little bit like well, you, you, you can't have all these separate murders going on. These do all have to be connected. Yeah, I mean, it, that one does still kind of feel unresolved to me because mm-hmm. Betty ends up killing him, right? Yes. Like when, when she wakes up as he's digging the grave, she then t- t- like wrestles the shovel away and kills him. But I like, I don't think they've really dealt with it. Like they don't know that or most characters don't know that she ended up killing this guy or she's the one that killed him. Um, and so I, I, I think, yeah, stuff like that is it's like, okay, there's still some stuff, some plot threads they can pull on for season two. There's still stuff happening. Uh, there is like a local detective who kind of shows up in mm. like after a few of these murders start ha- happening to try and solve it and stuff like that. So, um, I, I like I I do think they are building on some interesting things here. And I like this addition of like a local cop who thinks he's the like, mm-hmm. all right, I think I've solved it. According <laughs> right. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he seemed he seemed fun. Um, but yeah, I, I don't it it feels like there's still more to the mystery than has been. Yeah. Like there there is more family secrets out there. Yes, I. I did spend a little while trying to figure out, is there any supernatural or paranormal aspect to this? And at the end of the season, it seems like there isn't. It's just straight up murders and theme park magic. But there is that weird thing about this elephant Betty keeps seeing. Yeah, I don't know how to categorize that elephant. I was kind of expecting some paranormal thing right. or to this have story like seems one right character for is a vampire yeah or like <laughs> someone is secretly a werewolf and that's why they're never yes. there on the the full moon right right um especially when one of the like they come across one of the bodies that's being eaten by like a panther that yes margo i think just like keeps as a pet in the manor or something like that. Like there's some yeah. like big, big cat that's just yes. like gnawing on one of the bodies. And it's just yeah. like, what is happening here? Like that, that feels like, if not paranormal, some kind of, I'm not sure what the right word is, like yeah. crater natural, just something like something yes. is off here. It's weird. Yes. It's, yeah, something is good. Or, or like, Remember when we watched uh, that show Brand New Cherry Flavor on Netflix? Yes. And they go to yes. that one, I guess, witch's house, I think. And like yeah. the inside of her house is basically just a jungle. 
Yeah. And it, and it, it like, doesn't operate kinda, on normal space rules. Right. It's just like I, something is up here. Like, why is this panther yes. just loose in the park and then no one does anything about it? Who? Why does she keep seeing this elephant thing and hearing it? But it's not clear if it's an animatronic or yeah. it's a part of the ride or if it like is there a zoo here? Is this why the mm. the, the, the 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 jungle cruise thing is kind of not doing well or shut down or didn't hold up well because the elephant just really does not like white people uh right and and just like tries to murder all the white people or something like that right like i don't know like there's interesting stuff happening here yeah yeah and when they when that big cat is first introduced, that's like the end of episode one or two. You don't know yet everything that's in the park and you're wondering, do they have like a safari section? Are there other live uh, big animals around here somewhere? Exactly what is cafe? every element in play? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I... I, I I I think despite being unable to kind of connect with that, there's so much I, I think love and care put into the production mm-hmm. of this stuff that I like I, I was very much impressed. And I think yes, one of the things I haven't mentioned yet that I absolutely loved was the music. There, there's yes, some good music both original music and songs that they they got from that were uh recordings and stuff but just fantastic the way they mixed it in uh or at like the end of the episodes it would play and like oddly have something to do with the show like it just it felt spot on it was perfect i was like this is so mm-hmm. cool and i don't think i've really heard another podcast yeah like incorporate this kind of music in the way in that way and it it, it was this old timey kind of mm-hmm. music and maybe that's why i felt like some of the flashbacks were like meant to be like early 1900s and yeah. stuff like like it is that like it sounds like a 1920s song or like an mm. early 1940s jazz or or something yeah. like that we were right? in the 1940s yeah uh yeah people existed then right um, no, no i mean yeah. like that's part of the flashbacks is that i think the like the the girl's grandma went to work as a cook cook. or some sort of yeah for the mockery family in like early 1940s like world war ii kind of blitz days and she brings the girls with her and like the the actual mockery margot mockery dies and then kate is to be margot mockery there's kind of a three card monty game flipping all these different girls around right yeah um yeah, like I like I I I just I I think the music added a layer of realism or a layer of just weight to the audio yeah. production that I I just thought was incredible. I I, I thought it was so cool. Yeah, um, so you had all these different types. To them. Yeah, you had so many different types of music. You get the music played in the theme park. You get the music played in the flashbacks to the forties. 
one of the things that Sonia does that really irritates JJ is that she keeps playing this one pop song over and over again. And you get like a drop of like a good chunk of that pop song at the end of the episode. And then later, one of those police officers is singing that song to himself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That, 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 uh, it almost reminds me of that the, when we watched uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, yeah. right? And that the theme song for the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon is so catchy. And that is like one of the things I mentioned t- mm. to you when I pitched it is like they have a really good theme song. And then in the fiction of the show, there's an, a, a scene where they're like slowly going up in the elevator and one of the bad guys is humming that the the Mm -hmm. the theme song and he's like what it's catchy (laughs) (laughs) like i love when shows do stuff like that and you get yeah okay like characters with songs stuck in their head and it's a song that you know because this other character was playing it like oh it's my favorite they're my favorite band or something like that um it just like (laughs) characters that have ticks like that Mm. um just seems so normal to me and seems so realized uh, that I, I always ap- appreciate it when they do stuff like that. So mm. kudos to them for great music in this podcast. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of strengths here. I going back to the thing where Margot Mockery supposedly dies and one of the other girls has to take over her life. There was this huge house fire that like damaged her vocal cords. So she speaks with one of those uh, box things. Yeah. Things. Yes. Yes. Which is a really nice way to differentiate character voices when you have a limited number of actors, like building that sort of a voice filter diegetically into one of the characters, I think is just efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, was- I think they do a good job of making everybody sound really separate from each other i get to the end of every episode and be amazed at how many different characters the actors are playing and you don't really pick up on it that much yeah um there was one i forget who the actor was it was closer to the end and yeah it was like they list all the characters that he played and it was just like seven of them and it was just like uh, this was like a one-man show like what yeah incredible uh so mm-hmm. yeah good on good on them um i i think that's kind of all i have to say mm-hmm. on mockery manor do you have uh, anything else that we've missed or we glossed over that you want to mm-hmm. cir- circle back around to i this is kind of a tricky part of the story but i want to say briefly that part of jj's backstory is that she's kind of on the outs from her family because she had an affair with like the dad's friend who she was babysitting his kids for him. And like she, she had an abortion and she's uh, just really trying to get past that whole life experience. And that's, that story really doesn't turn out the way you'd think it would turn out. You learn that she was with this man for like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. They called each other boyfriend and girlfriend when she can't figure out when she can't get a hold of her aunt And like her mom's like, I don't know if she's traveling. I'm not going to bother her. Like she calls him like, I know I can count on you. Will you go check on my aunt and tell me if she's alive or not? To have that dynamic between the two of them still present was interesting. Like it's a very tricky situation, but I, I, 
JJ looked at this man as sincerely her boyfriend. For better or for worse, that is how she thought of him. And I kind of appreciate that the show was like on JJ's level and not really editorializing that relationship from a modern lens, which you certainly could do. It's very problematic, but I I don't I don't know. I just appreciated that it was not how I thought it would go. You meet that guy and he's way more of a dork than you'd expect. Right. He runs like a bathroom fixture showcase. All he's talking about is the different like sinks and bathtubs he can sell you. Yeah. He like dies the, very they, quickly upon arriving at the park. I, I think in lesser hands, that relationship would have been turned into like it was a sexual assault thing and yeah. then she just kind of went along with it because she was scared and didn't know what to do mm. yes yes I, I, I don't know if they mentioned how young she was when they first got that started or how young she is I, now I think I she's guess like just turned 18 now or is like about okay. to turn 18 so, so she would have been like 16 like it is pretty young that's, i that's what i got that she was on the younger side and that's partly yes. why it was such a taboo for her family and mm. and, and stuff like that but I, I get not to like defend that relationship mm. but there is weight to that relationship that i was not expecting yes. there yes. is a level of trust between them it was yeah. not rape or sexual assault that we mm. can tell or that we know of right now yeah it seems like jj i of course there is a weird power dynamic with the big age gap between the two of them but it seems like jj was consenting had like agency over her role in their relationship when you meet that character i think they do a good job of making him feel like kind of off but also you can see how she would find him charming and say like at one point, I wanted to marry him. Like, I think they do a good job of letting us see that character and that relationship through the eyes of the protagonist that lived it. I, I think part of it's his name was Garam, right? Yeah, that was his name. Yeah. Um, it, like, I, I think part of his dorkiness is almost his realization of, of like how potentially bad the situation was. Right. Of just mm -hmm. like, I was with this underage girl. This yes. is not good. Um, you're older now. I, I like I, I I see that like I like because he went on to go marry someone else. He's not like still no, in no. love with her. Right. No, the, he's still with his wife. Right. And when he shows up to okay. the park, he's both okay. trying to give JJ this information of you asked me to check on your aunt. This is what I found. But also he's like. I left my wife. We can get married now, JJ. And she's like, if you would ask me this three months ago, I would have said yes, but I, I, I'm not there anymore. And she's like, I agree. You and I should talk. We went through a lot together with yeah. this baggage. I think both of us need closure, but I don't think I want to be with you again. I just, it's a weird thing to say, but I appreciate that the the show treated that relationship with this sort of gray area that the characters who were going through it or viewing it at the time would have looked at it. I don't think it paints it as being morally gray. I think it paints it in this sort of this sort of sticky emotional in between place. Yeah, where JJ's like, I now that I'm kind of past it, I don't know how I feel about this man, and I but I feel like he and I should talk about it together for, for the yeah. time we spent together. This is still a conversation both of us are having. Yeah, I, I, I think it's kind of a testament to JJ's 
emotional growth. And yes. I, I don't necessarily want to say emotional maturity, um, mm. but I- emotional growth for sure. Um, and I, I, I think that is situations like that is in a and this is a tricky situation, right? Uh, like I, I, I think characters in stories need situations where they can grow and change and yes. do stuff like that. And I think this was a good example of that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like what they did with that, despite it being a tricky situation to dance around and like you said Mm. at the end when they are like we need to talk about all of Mm. this stuff like that i think is a good resolution to to that at least for for now um Mm. like betty coming around to it was wrong of me to call you a home wrecker for what that situation was i think i put far too much blame on you for everything that went down i'm sorry about that yeah um yeah, so good emotional growth from the characters. Mm. Great music, great sound yeah. design. This was a strong one. I, I had a lot of fun with this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed, I, indeed. I, I do intend to check out other stuff from this network, especially if, like I said, I think the comedy parts of this story are when it's most successful. And just from the little mm-hmm. bits I got, the, those characters doing the commercial, I don't know if they encounter a lot of darkness and murder. That seems like just fun over there with what they're doing. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I had a blast. I recommend it. Go ch- check it out. If mm-hmm. not, go just go check out Long Cat Media and see all of their shows and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, let's get I'm, I'm going to pull up um, our bingo sheets here. Uh, I think we are still at kind of a standstill, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I I could not hear that there was a big puddle splash in this. <laughs> uh, didn't realize my own strength. Don't have that cat and mouse game is maybe arguable, but it's not yeah. it's really it, to Some, the extent that I there's was literally a for. cat costume. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't I, I don't feel like we have any updates for bingo, unfortunately. So with that being said, Melissa, recommendations. What yes. if, if, if people enjoyed this, what else might they like? Uh, we mentioned the Netflix animated show Dead End Paranormal Park. Uh, I do a cartoon podcast with my brother called Saturday Morning Obscurities that is mostly about Weird old stuff from like the 90s and 2000s we're nostalgic for. But we did an episode on this show, something brand new, because my brother really liked it and wanted to highlight it. Uh, and the format we do on that show is that we uh, recap two specific episodes. So I've only seen those two episodes of the show, which are like two episodes in the middle. Uh, so I don't have full context for the series. But that's about this uh, young trans boy who runs kind of runs away from his family, who's being very kind of ambivalent and wishy-washy about his identity. And he goes to work at a theme park that is kind of like a demonic Dollywood. And I love that Dollywood is just Dollywood. And the fact that there's this blonde uh, singer and icon who's like the, the face of the park. I think that's a very fun choice to go with as opposed to the more Elvira. Yeah. 
Sort of. Yeah. I, I like that it's that instead of the more expected Disney sort of take. I like that there's a Dollywood kind of take on it. Uh, so it's about him. Uh, it's sort of a coming of age story. Him getting to know these these new friends at the park, all their identities, all their relationships and all the truly supernatural happenings there at the park. It seems like there were like demons and, and curses mm-hmm. and spells and stuff like that. Uh, and one of the episodes we watched was about the characters who are, who are working for the park have to go through the queue of a ride and test out like what is the queue length now? Like what is the pace of this ride? How are we getting three people through the ride and like placed in the, the vehicles? And it seems like it had a real sense of theme park operations, which is great for a nerd like me. <laughs> yeah. So I really appreciated that. It's, it's really great at talking about, uh, it's LGBTQ by plus identities and nerdy things like fast passes. <laughs> yep. Seems like it really yeah. knows its stuff on multiple fronts. I've, I I just started watching that show. I've only seen the first five episodes, mm. but even within that, yeah, there's there's a great episode in there about uh like a like a kids like overnight camp. And mm. uh, they they spend the night in the haunted park, right? Um, <gasps> And uh, it just so happens that the main character's younger brother is in that mm-hmm. group, but the younger brother doesn't really know that his his brother has been living in this park. And so he's trying yes. to, like, hide himself in this, like, dinosaur mascot uh, thing. And it's just this really nice moment of them reconnecting and kind of understanding one another and why they ran away from home i thought you abandoned mm-hmm. me like all, all of this stuff um but then yeah in the midst of that they're like summoning demons and, yes. <laughs> and stuff like that it's great um so yeah i i highly recommend that show go check go check it out go check it out indeed uh uh, for other audio dramas, two that we have covered in the past on episode 194, we talked about Brimstone Valley Mall, yes, uh, which is about one. a bunch of demons who work at a mall in 1999. <laughs> just another like very specific to the setting, not just the year, but like the mall. Uh, everything's got like a fake takeoff name. Like instead of a radio shack, it's like, Oh, I work at the audio hut. The only sincere brand name that carries over is hot topic, which feels very appropriate. (laughs) So there's lots of jokes about like crummy mall stores and like technology of the time and bad corn dogs and stuff like that. Uh, And these demons just trying to like pull off an apocalypse. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great one. That one's very that one's very funny. That one's pretty much a straight up comedy. Either just got like or like recently got funded or just came out or something. I I don't know. But yeah, Um, that show is fun. And then uh, let me pull this one up. One episode 152. We did an audio drama called In Another Room. This is more of a Mm. horror drama. There wasn't a lot of levity in that. Uh reading the episode description that I wrote paranormal investigator, Wendy Morrow stays the night in an infamous haunted mansion and becomes trapped there. Seeing over 130 years of ghost stories play out in front of her and the ghosts can see her too. Each episode focuses on a historical haunting in a different room of the house as Wendy attempts to find the origin of the house's malevolent energy and what she can do to bring peace to the ghosts. That was another fun uh, trip through time 
uh, in this one specific location. Yeah. I like that you got a different flavor of story for all the different sorts of rooms that you were in. And there is, I don't remember that show well, but I do have fleeting imagery in my mind of genuinely great horror stuff in that story. So if that's what you're in for, if that's what you want in another room is a great, I think it was just like that one standalone season. I'd have to go back and check it out again to see if they ever did more. Yeah. Um, and then to talk more about theme park stuff, uh, there's a YouTube channel called Defunct Land that talks about defunct theme park attractions from Disney and Universal and all across the world. Uh, really great, well-researched, excellently put together, very cinematic, like mini documentaries of like the 30 to 40 minute range. They also have done these feature length, like full documentaries. You can all look up on YouTube. There's a great documentary looking into the fast pass, Disney's fast pass system to get you to the front of the line and all of those operational ups and downs. And did this thing really work? Is this new system we have better or worse? What is the optimal way to do a fast pass system? Uh, and there's an episode called the bizarre Garfield dark ride that came out about a year ago. That is about a Garfield dark ride at some regional theme park in Pennsylvania. I think you've heard of that lasagna. was just get ready for dark lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a dark ride is the <laughs> real name for a ride where you were going through a dark space. that is like animatronics and lights and scene tableaus. It is not, it is dark in setting, not dark in tone. Uh, and it talks about how oh, this was a ad this ride originally started as like a tunnel of love it, like decades ago. And then like they rethemed it and it was this Garfield ride. And there was still one part of the ride that you were like in a blind spot from like any uh, employees or other guests or security cameras or whatever. And the people behind Defunct Land did like a poll like people tell us you're experiences with this garfield ride and it was a hotbed of sexual activity and at one point the narrator of the video says i don't know how else to say this but man you guys were sure gay on the garfield ride it's great so if you want weird theme park antics and more like <laughs> teen mischief please watch that video about the garfield dark ride what if we kissed on the garfield ride just kidding or not unless <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that was what an entire generation of kids in this like pennsylvania town did uh and then on, on mondays <laughs> kyle have you heard of action park no i have not action park is a infamous dangerous new jersey water park from the 80s and like early 90s where th the place was entirely staffed by teens they didn't really car at anybody at the beer tent everybody's drunk everybody's rowdy there's no rules if there are there's no enforcement of the rules and there's hardly any safety precautions on any of the rides so it was this Yikes. like magical place of freedom of like chaotic freedom for these kids where they're like, I can be anything I want. I can like yell and jump and run and scream and like do the Tarzan jump where I'm on a rope out on over the water. And then I can like just take my shorts down and moon everybody and give them the finger as I plummet down into the lake. It, but also several people died there. There were real 
uh, health and safety oversights. So there's there's a documentary. There's a documentary on Max called Class Action Park that is about this place. Uh, It's a a the documentary does a really good job reconciling the attitudes people have about this place where it's like that was awesome and terrible. And it sort of holds both of those things uh, in its sightline and attempts to to connect huh, between them and reconcile between them. And they have a lot of interviews from people who worked there or went there all the time or like a, a family of one person who died there. You get a lot of different angles on what this this wild one of a kind place was. There you go. There you go. Good stuff. So those are mine. Those are my recommendations. Um, cool. Uh, well, one thing I wanted to recommend, something that we covered here on the show a long, long time ago, back in 2019, is Gravity Falls. Uh, yes. A cartoon that also focuses on the kind of weird supernatural stuff happening in the Pacific Northwest. Um, also about twins. Yes. Also ab- about a set of twins. Uh, we covered the first season uh, here on the review show on episode 59. That was a long time ago. Um, and then I finally recently watched season two. I, I guess we rewatched the entirety of season one and then jumped into season two uh, just a, like a month or so ago for hot cartoon summer that me and my girlfriend have been doing. Um so yeah, I I would re- recommend that that one is phenomenal. Uh, I love that show a lot. In fact, we were just at Target yesterday and found a like I guess it's it's not an art book, but it's it's meant to be a reproduction of one of the journals. Yes, uh, in in in, in that you're like that's so cool. Um, all all kinds of mysterious cryptids and stuff happening over uh in that show. Um, yeah, I like that one a lot. Uh, and then more recently, let's see here. Um, Melissa, you and I covered some Shazam comics. Uh, yeah, Sh- Shazam right. and, and the Seven Magic Lands. Uh, and uh, we read these right before the second Shazam movie was about to come out. Um, and in that, there is an issue or two that deals with a theme park uh, where kids get to be kids forever. There's some some stuff happening uh, behind the scenes at the park with all the like once once you reach the age of 18, then you get put into work to keep the park running for all of these kids who get to be kids their whole life, all of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you just want more theme park sh- shenanigans, there's a little bit of of that stuff happening in Shazam and the seven magic lands. Uh, we covered that uh, earlier this year for episode 245 uh, here on the review show. So go check that stuff out. Um, let's see uh, other stuff that I would recommend. This is one that I actually haven't read, but this came to mind. There's a, a, a comic book called backstagers. Um, mm. that, if I'm not mistaken, I should look this up here. Um, if I'm not mistaken, is written by James Tinney in the fourth stagers comic. But this is a comic series. Uh, yeah. By James Tinney in the fourth and Walter Bellamonte. Um, it is a comic about people who work backstage in like plays and productions and, and, and stuff like that. It's a bunch of kids and their theater troops. 
but also kind of if i'm not mistaken i think some like supernatural stuff of like what's happening backstage behind the behind the actual play um love a haunted theater yeah so i i would say go go check out something like that um could be could be a lot of fun those are the recommendations that i have right now nice yeah so uh this is typically when we would pitch what we do for next week we mm-hmm. kind of have uh, we, we we do have what we're yeah. going to do next week already set uh but melissa i think you also have pitches ready for after that too is that yes correct? yeah Perfect. next week we're going to um, start our ongoing series on hellboy but i have got the pitches for the week after that first week cool. of august go for it or, or first no it's august now first week of september i know how a calendar goes we have a tradition called shame timber here on the show where you and i each take a week to pitch each other movies that are on our personal lists of shame of, mm-hmm. i can't believe i've never seen this before uh we've got a couple different weeks in september so i'm saving my shame timber pitches for the second uh set of pitches i get to do so for the first week of september here i have my theme is TV shows I should have watched by now. Crime edition. So maybe a little bit of a TV shame timber. Uh, I found that we've been talking a lot about detectives lately. Just our friend Perry Mason, our friend Columbo, our friend Veronica Mars, who we haven't really Mm -hmm. covered a detective in a while here on main review show. So I thought, let's get some of them in there. Uh, And these are three different crime shows from the last 10 or 12 years or so these aren't brand these aren't shows from like the immediate 2020s like there's stuff i have to cross off my list before even get to like a white lotus or an only murders in the building (laughs) i still have to get through at least one of these three shows i'm about to pitch to you now okay i know two of these you have already seen perhaps you've seen the third uh these are all very well-known names so i didn't bother looking up descriptions uh we're, we're operating here off of what our our previously held knowledge is so tv shows i should have seen by now crime edition pitch number one season one of true detective i know it's legendary i know it's held in such high regard i haven't seen it yet Uh, i would like to see it just for my own general knowledge and i know that the upcoming green lantern series as part of the new dceu is framed as very much in the style of a true detective mystery so i gotta watch this thing so i've got i've got that context for this tone yeah pitch number two great one pitch number two is a show i know you are particularly fond of and since its star has graced our big screen this summer it seemed like a particularly good time to watch it season one of peaky blinders yeah i gotta find out what a peaky blinder even is (laughs) no clue over here uh and pitch number three i don't know if you've seen this show uh but considering that it was heavily referenced in another show we watched recently it's one of the judges favorites in the good place i pitch you season one of justified another show where i have have no idea what's in here i timothy oliphant some sort of a i don't think he's a cowboy but he wears a cowboy hat is it maybe he's a <laughs> sheriff out in the western maybe. town? I didn't look it up, 
I was going to see he, if you knew anything about it. <laughs> he that he seems to have a couple roles where he is a cowboy or a sheriff wearing a cowboy hat in a western town, right? He has Deadwood, <laughs> where he is a sheriff. For he has sure. Justified. <laughs> he has the Mandalorian, where he right, where he is the the sheriff He's in, in this Scream little small. Too. Right? Yeah. Um. So Timothy Oliphant, good stuff. Cowboy hat. Uh, So those are my three pitches. I didn't, like I said, I didn't come here with the descriptions. Audience member, if you don't know, you can Google them for yourself. But I'm like, I'm leaning into the fact that I don't know these. And I trust you, Kyle, as my guide, being our crime expert here. Yes. True Detective season one is eight episodes. Can be found on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. Peaky Blinders season one is six episodes and can be found on Netflix. And Justified season one is 13 episodes and can be found on Hulu. There you go. Um, yeah. So. Uh, let's see. Justified. I am the least familiar with. Don't know exactly what is in that one. Um, Peaky Blinders is not really a detective story. Um the, I didn't know the, that it was until I looked until I, it came across my Netflix and I'm like, Sam Neill plays the guy who's trying to catch Killian Murphy. Yeah, um, he, so that was yeah, enough so to there, get it here. There, there is a detective in the show, show, but of course, the main characters are in a gig, 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 in a gang rather than detectiving. Mm-hmm. they're <laughs> de- de- detectivizing right is they're blinding right i guess <laughs> they're peeking and they're blinding um <laughs> and then yeah uh uh god uh i just blanked on on the name but the, true the detective one you, yeah true detective that one is the most like detective of it's the, there in the name the, it, it, it is a true <laughs> detective uh, the show is not here. called false guy who looks at stuff. It's called <laughs> true detective. Honestly, I, I think I'd watch a spoof of that called false de- detective. And it's just like it's someone posing as a detective before the cops get there trying to solve the case before they do. Right. I'd be about that. That'd it's it's Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. And they're like, one of us always lies. And one of us always tells the truth. There's two detectives inside you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think I think you kind of have to go with true detective because it's it's just it's such a phenomenal season one. Exactly. Um, Which makes it perfect for this show where we unless we are devoting an ongoing monthly series to it. Just week by week, if we're watching a show, we're watching season one, unless the seasons are quite short. So I I, and I know like it's more of an anthology show or like each season is its own self-contained thing. I think the quality of the subsequent seasons goes up and down. Okay, cool. Um, But but yeah, like you said, each season is generally its own story. You don't need to know what happened in previous seasons. Um. So, yeah, could all like especially if we're going to watch this, uh, we could also very much down the road be like, let's watch season three of the yeah. show here, <laughs> uh, which I, I have to say is the kind of general consensus of the show is that season one is phenomenal. Season two, not 
so great. And then season three, surprisingly incredible. Um, oh, nice. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, True Detective season one. I am excited to go back to this because I watched it a handful of years ago. Um, so it's been some time since I have seen it. So uh it is intense uh i will say that at times there is some horrifying stuff that that happens in that so be be prepared um but it is still very good so so okay i'm excited to see how (laughs) indeed indeed uh, so, yeah, we will do that in two weeks time. Mm. Um, like we've kind of said a few times now, next week, we will be reading the first three volumes of Hellboy. Uh, we will be covering the first 12 volumes of Hellboy over the next couple of months. Uh, if you want, these are all available on Comixology Unlimited. If you have a subscription to that, you can read them all in there. Um Interestingly enough, I, as a big comic book nerd, this is kind of a blind spot for me in my comic book reading. It's always been something I wanted to dive into and just never did because there's a lot of it. And it, it, yeah, I just it was like, OK, when I start, I start all of it. Right. Like I'm I'm going to do a big chunk of it. Um, mm. And so I, I think we we wound up with the the perfect time to start checking uh some of it out so good stuff i'm excited for some hellboy next week yeah detective after that so good i know that the theme song to peaky blinders is red right hand by nick cave and the bad seats i thought that would have been fun to talk about a man with a red right hand and then talk about peaky blinders Mm -hmm, indeed which is also a good good show too. I, I like that I'll show get to a it. lot too yeah um cool well that being said i think that mostly wraps up our podcast so melissa where can the people find you on the interwebs uh find kyle and give him any messages you want to give me uh and listen <laughs> to my good. other podcast as previously mentioned saturday morning obscurities uh you can find me at yo kyle springer uh, on most social media places, uh, X and Threads and Blue Sky, all that good stuff. Uh, if you want to stay up to date with all the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, uh, we are usually at The Whatnots on social media stuff. Uh, if we're not at that, go check out at The Whatnots official. Um, that's where you can find us. Uh, go like, share, and subscribe. We got plenty more videos for you to check out here uh, on, 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 on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, that wraps us up. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.